public blockchains and crypto actually are a very logical next step in the progression of how money should move. We should be able to move money faster, cheaper, with fewer intermediaries. But the sort of reality is that like, you know, there's a little bit of a tough user experience, right? There's a little bit of a mental shift you have to make because it's not like you have a bank account. Now you have a wallet yeah. and that wallet can sit in your browser. Uh, and and so I think that it takes time uh, to change sort of norms, you know, of like just generally how people expect to interact with their financial yeah. assets. And then, you know, an even bigger step to think about how operators want to change how they operate their companies. And part of that is also looking for standards. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. I'm Nick Day, founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist global payroll search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized Reward 300 member. And my goal for this show is clear, is to bring you expert guests and payroll leaders who are driving this industry forward. From cutting edge technologies and trends to compliance, analytics, automation, leadership strategies, and more, we're gonna cover it all on this show to help you to deliver accurate and timely payrolls across your organizations. So let's join together in raising the strategic profile of payroll worldwide. Grab your coffee or your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, and we are specialist payroll recruiters. Now, today I'm joined by Megan Nab, who is co-founder and CEO of Franklin. Now, you may or may not have heard of Franklin, but interestingly, they are a tax-compliant hybrid cash and crypto payroll service that they really help enable clients to pay their employees in both cash and crypto. Now, with a background in accounting and product management, Megan has held leadership positions at Web3 native firms since 2016. In fact, I would say she is a crypto expert. She's certainly a crypto accountant. She's got experience working with the likes of Consensus and Drive Wealth, and most recently, Serotonin, a Web3 marketing firm and product studio, where Megan served as the VP of finance. As co-founder Franklin, though, she believes she's found a solution for helping clients with who have employees who want to inject crypto into their payrolls. With the burden of administering payroll complex as it is, particularly in relation to processing crypto payments, I want to invite Megan onto the show today to basically bring us all up to speed in the world of crypto payroll payments, the future of payroll, of course, and ultimately for me, just to find out more. So Megan, welcome to the Payroll Podcast. How are you feeling today? Great. Thank you so much for having me and for such a great, thorough inter introduction. No, it's been my pleasure. I should mention as well, obviously, you do, you do offer a, a great service to US customers, but it's a global solution as well. So for those that do listen from, you know, we've got listeners all over Europe and in the US. For those that are listening and want to engage with a crypto-based solution, it's worth mentioning it's a global solution that you provide. Before we jump into that, though, let me just start with my first question. I ask all of my guests, what does the word payroll mean to you? Yeah, so I think, you know, there are a couple layers of like how we could double click into what payroll is. But, you know, what most people think about when they think about payroll is the sort of normal, regular back office operation that companies undertake to make sure that their staff is compensated properly. And it's the execution uh, operational sort of like workflow. Um, 
But, you know, I think that payroll, you know, sometimes you think about like say, sitting in a back office in a dark sort of like basement <laughs> of, yeah. of, of uh, you know, a, a corporate back office. Um, and really what we are trying to do at Franklin is sort of bring to the front some of how important these sort of back office operations are for companies. Payroll is one of the most common, also one of the most complex financial operations that any company undertakes on a regular basis. And we think it's really important and it doesn't deserve to be shoved into this like dark corner of our minds or our offices. It should be something that we think about as uh, at the forefront of finance. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do at Franklin is take a little bit more of an innovative approach and help companies operate their businesses uh, in, in a more interesting way and be able to compensate their staffs in a more interesting way. Fabulous. And what I love is it's pushing the needle here and what payroll can do when we think about how it can relate to, to um, broader objectives. So for example, in relation to talent attraction and retention, right? I know not everyone necessarily wants to be paid in crypto yet. Some people don't even quite understand what it's all about. And we'll certainly get into that. But for those that do, for those that are already very much engaged in the world of cryptocurrencies, this could be the difference between whether they choose one employer over another. If I can be paid in my chosen you know, payment format, which might be cash and crypto, over another that can't provide that service, that could potentially be the difference. And that's why I think really they're the kind of services that thrust payroll into the limelight. That's the, They're the kind of services that really show the importance that payroll can have on how an employee feels at work. So I think it's a fantastic example uh, that you gave there. So I'm really glad I asked the question. Let's jump into what crypt about just to explain a little bit what cryptocurrencies are, why they're important in the payroll industry in particular. Uh, I know there's gonna be lots of questions that people are thinking about in relation to the risks, which is what we always hear about in the mainstream news, and we'll get to that. But I wonder if you can just tell us what what are cryptocurrencies. Sure. So cryptocurrencies are digital assets that sit on top of blockchains. So digital ledger, ledger solutions. Uh, many of the cryptocurrencies that we're familiar with sit on public blockchains. So these are uh, essentially decentralized networks uh, that run off of a bunch of different sort of like computing powers and they're open source. So it's really open source money. So, you know, we think there's a lot of sort of, I think, uh, association with cryptocurrencies around speculative trading assets. So certainly... Yeah. Of these dog coins that have been, you know, yeah. uh, going to the moon, so to speak, you know, that that is certainly a part of what the cryptocurrency market is composed of, um, and it has a specific sort of target market in speculative traders. Um, but there's a lot more to the world of cryptocurrency, and you know, our sort of thesis at Franklin is there are a lot of ways that this kind of digital asset technology can benefit companies. So. As you mentioned before, there are these sort of more Web3 native or Web3 aligned companies that who may have a multi-currency balance sheet where they're holding cash, they're holding stable coins. Um, they may have, you know, crypto native workers that want to be compensated in these kinds of assets. We at Franklin, for example, have one kind of user segment of contractors want exposure to the US dollar. And a stable coin is actually the most efficient way to to give them access to that kind of uh, 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 you know currency. Uh, sure. But you know, for companies outside of the blockchain Web three industry, uh, cryptocurrencies can also sit under the hood to just sort of create more operational efficiencies uh, in how they move money around. And that's also something that we think about a bit at Franklin. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, that was a long-winded answer to what is cryptocurrency. It's an open source digital asset sitting on top of a blockchain. 
Super. One thing that immediately springs to mind, and I don't know if this is accurate. It's not my it's not my wheelhouse here, which is why I've got you on the show to explain it to our listeners. But something popped to mind. We've got a number of global uh, payroll leaders here that are paying employees in hundreds and hundreds of different countries. And some of those you mentioned there, but stable coin, some of those have very unstable currencies. And actually, the last thing they want to do is be paid in the in the local currency that they may be based in. Now, we often hear in the media that actually crypto is unstable. It can be volatile. But actually, in comparison to what they their own currencies, they may it may actually be a, a haven of stability. Is that something that is that would that would that be an option for me if I was based in one of those countries? Could that be a way of stabilizing the way that I'm paid potentially? Yeah, potentially, if you're getting paid in in stable coins, uh, you know, specifically USD peg stable coins, there yeah. are a number of issuers in the United States that are regulated financial institutions that issue stable coins. Some of the employers on our platform, particularly we think about Argentina, where there is this amazing sort of software developer population that are dealing with a very serious macroeconomic issue where their currency is hyperinflated. Yeah. Uh, and for them, being able to receive exposure to the U.S. dollar and payment for their services is very attractive and has been something that employers on our platform think is a competitive advantage to be able to compensate their staff that way. Um, but getting back to there are lots of unstable cryptocurrencies, too. And so how do we think about that? There are certainly a lot of rules about how workers in the United States and, and outside of the United States can be compensated. And so we look at what those rules are. And for the more speculative assets or more, uh, you know, sort of like investment assets, we can think about that at a different level of compensation other than your W-2 or 1099 wages, right? Perhaps it's a bonus, perhaps it's sort of like added sort of incentivization. Um, And those are kinds of compensation, uh, uh, you know, options that should be available to employers that really are not uh, you know, there's the technology just really hasn't been there with a lot of legacy payroll providers. Yeah, that makes sense. And ultimately, that's what employees are looking for, right? It's choice, whether that's in the way that we're paid or the way that we whether we work from home or in the office or whether it's the hours we work. It doesn't matter. It's choice that that really improves the employee experience. So I love the fact that we can, again, it links back to the service payroll provide can really help that employee experience piece. Just to um, before we jump into, I guess the, the benefits because I think there are a number here we're going to run through in, 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 in during the course of today's show. What are the risks? What are the things we should be aware of when we think about cryptocurrency, or and particularly in relation to crypto from a payroll perspective? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think in the when we think about the crypto native crowd, there are certainly many lessons that we should be looking to from the past about how some projects decided to incentivize their staff. So. Yeah. As an example, you know, if you're planning to do a token launch, you know, uh, incentivizing or, or paying your staff 100% in that token is obviously not a good idea, right? Because we live in the real world. There are labor laws about how you should pay your staff, which usually means it ha- needs to be in a fiat pegged uh, or fiat equivalent currency. Yeah. Um, so that's one that I would say. I think that, you know, the way we think about payroll at Franklin is that it should be a spectrum, you know, and that's why it's so important for us to also be providing these sort of uh, more standard kind of like plain vanilla payroll services where you can be paying your staff 100% in cash, 100% in stable coins or other crypto or some mix of both on that kind of spectrum. Uh, and it really depends on, you know, what does the company's balance sheet look like and what is the appetite of their workers? Okay, perfect. And, and and previously, we're going back a couple of years now, and it's interesting to see how the technology, how fast things have rapidly changed. But I did a, a yeah. show 
on the blockchain uh, with Anita Letting uh, some time ago. And she talked about blockchain potentially having a number of uses in the world of payroll. Um, I'm not sure how how that's developed in, in the two years since that podcast is, uh, was launched, but it'd be great if you could, I guess, if I ask you, you know, where are we with the blockchain? Can the blockchain still have a positive impact on the payroll industry? Do you still see it coming into and infiltrating the payroll industry further? Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, speaking specifically to the United States use case, but I think it's sort of applicable outside sure. just as like a general sort of like fine banking uh, limitations, uh, like the the limitations of financial rails in our current sort of like financial system. Um, you know, most payroll companies in the US, they will hold cash for up to 10 business days. And so there's a timing mismatch between when uh, uh, funds from a company's operations account are debited to when it's actually deposited into their workers' bank accounts. And that can be a long time. Uh, especially for smaller sort of employers that want to be matching their the cash inflows with their cash outflows as best they can. Uh, you know, I think that for us, the one of the benefits of public blockchain technology, especially on Ethereum and the layer twos around Ethereum, is that you can have an almost instant settlement time of assets. So, you know, ways that uh, traditional sort of like, you know, regular cash-based, USD-based uh, payroll services work is they will offer it as a kind of, uh, you know, enhanced benefit where they'll create a real-time or faster payroll settlement time, but it's much more expensive. So they will upcharge you on on the sort of like costs of it. Uh, and then what you're essentially doing is entering into a kind of complex loan agreement with them or their uh, subsidiaries, their banking partners, where they're essentially fronting you cash uh, and you're almost factoring in some ways your, okay. your payroll yeah, runs. Um, you know, with cryptocurrencies and, and particularly with stable coins, we can just move money quite a bit faster uh, from parties that go from A to B or A to B to C to D. Uh, so, so, you know, when we think about, you know, one of the innovations of like this kind of technology that's been around for the past 10 years or so, it's almost, you know, uh, forgotten uh, that remittances and and just this the pure movement of having a sort of peer to peer kind of transaction was was why a lot of these systems were developed, and we haven't seen them sort of come to fruition as much at scale. Uh, certainly, like at, at at enterprise level, we've seen a lot of experimentation. We've seen some of these side projects with speculative traders, right? That give the industry yeah. kind of a scary connotation, but that kind of core use case. Um, is something that we're really trying to apply and make make uh, you know uh, uh, scalable at an enterprise level in our sort of niche of the world, which is payroll. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, it's it's an exciting niche for those that listen to this show. So that's that that's, that's a positive thing to hear. Um, obviously, one thing that the the listeners I'm sure will be wondering now is, well, what about the the tax compliance issues here? Now, I don't know how far we've we've moved on. Whether it's uh, globally, um, you know, governments are taking note now, and there's a there's a a complex because one of the hardest things about payroll, of course, is the understanding of compliance and making mm-hmm. sure taxes are paid correctly when they're when they're running a payroll. So, do you see tax compliance changing in the next few years as digital assets become more pronounced in the in the current financial ecosystem as we see it at the moment? Yeah, I do think that it's going to change. Uh, you know, being now where we are in 2023 is actually like a much nicer time to be than where we were you know, a couple of years ago when I got started yeah. in this industry, because we do actually have some guidance from different regulatory authorities around the world. Um, you know, speaking to the U.S. use case, just because that's where we're based, uh, 
you know, they, what we have to look at from a, t- we look at like the IRS rules. So what are the requirements if you're paying in non-stable assets, making sure that we have the proper reporting uh, and the withholdings for, you know, capital gain loss uh, and making sure that all of those sort of journal entries flow through to your general ledger properly. Uh, but then we also have another layer of, you know, in the United States and in many European countries, there are sort of jurisdictional rules uh, by state, by country, uh, by city on how uh, you should be treating your workers and how you should be paying them according to to the rules of, of that certain like locality. And so we have to look at all of that uh, and we bake it into our software to make sure that we're we're arming our companies with the best possible sort of <laughs> payroll experience sure. uh, so that they can make sure that all of their boxes are checked. Is, is that a pretty simple thing to ship? I don't know. Um, maybe I should, but I'm not sure what the current HMRC guideline is for the UK um, regulatory process or on compliance for crypto payments. But but you know, if they were to change in the UK and one of your clients were, had, was a global payroll that had a UK um, employee base and they wanted to be paid in crypto assets, is it is it very easy? Is it a relatively simple process to bring in that legislation to make sure things are done compliantly or not? How how challenging is that? Well, there's some certainly some special sauce of what we do at Franklin to make sure that we're staying ahead of all of the sort of like se- right. you know to separate <laughs> regimes. Um, you know, interestingly, in the United States, there are you know uh, something like over 400 different sort of like tax jurisdictions you have to look at for creating a, a, a national payroll. Yeah, every state is different, so. isn't it? I think Pennsylvania is 200 and something different types of legislation alone, I think I've been saying. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And there are very few providers of that information. There are maybe two, uh, two or three that offer these sort of like centralized tax databases. And I was talking with one of them recently, uh, and they said that in the state of Pennsylvania specifically, which is one of the most complex uh, yeah. uh, jurisdictions in the US to employ somebody, they have a team of, you know, just a couple of people that call different cities within Pennsylvania to find out if their tax rates have been updated because that's the only way to find out uh, for for whatever reason. And so wow. there's clearly an issue right, with how, yeah, for sure. how this data like. is aggregated. Yeah. And for any company, right? No company that's in business, you know, creating widgets or building software, right? These are not the kind, the level of issues that you uh, can get into practically when operating your company. And so we try to make that easy. Um I think that for like operationally for companies that have, you know, are paying in crypto assets and a rule changes, you know, that is something that, you know, is is not exactly like a flick of a switch, right? But is possible to to update. And that's been our thesis with building our product is making sure that we have all the sort of expected connections to to traditional banking rails as well as the crypto part of it. Uh, and on the the USD or the fiat side. We also look to make that experience better, right? So we do two-day ACH settlement because we have great banking partners. We're able to move money in cash faster than many of our competitors, and we don't really charge a premium for that kind of service. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. 
JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Again, listen to this. We've gone through, for example, one of the benefits from my perspective is improving the employee experience, giving employees more choice about how they get paid is a good thing. It gives them more, more empowerment. It gives people more reasons to stay or to join a business. But if we take it to a sort of a recruitment 101 uh, example, yeah. what would be the, the key concerns that perhaps a payroll manager may want to consider if they want to start paying people in crypto? And what are the benefits? So kind of one side concerns, one side benefits, so that people can get a, a bit of an overview on what paying people in crypto could really bring to their organization if they want to start engaged this kind of uh, this kind of offering for their employees yeah so i think that paying people in crypto is is not something for the faint of heart right and it may not be something that every company decides is right for their staff if they sure. don't already have crypto on their balance sheet there are some complex issues that that occur when when holding crypto on the balance sheet in that you don't have exactly the same kind of customer experience that you have with crypto than you do with cash. So you may choose to self-custody your crypto. That is a different kind of, you need a sort of set of different financial controls than you would for for bank accounts. You may need to have exchange accounts uh, that will custody your funds for you. That's sort of a more standard, like you're going through a a sort of banking due diligence process, right? And there are different sort of uh, requirements there, depending on which exchange you go with, which amount, how much, you know, crypto you're holding on how quickly you can move money on and off of those, that those, you know, uh, service providers. So I think that, you know, crypto for as a form of pure payments um, is something that I think sits with companies that are already sort of aligned to the Web3 industry. So maybe you're accepting payment in stable coins. You want to use uh, those assets on your balance sheet to pay your stuff. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah. as you said, crypto can be something that is, you know, a sort of broader sort of incentivization situation. So maybe you want to offer uh, it as part of uh, your employee benefits package, where, you know, one of the partnerships that we have is with a crypto enabled 401k provider. So they offer you, you know, the same kind of like retirement benefits that you would have. uh, But as part of that portfolio, you're also getting tax advantage, Bitcoin and ETH. Perhaps you want to be, you know, uh, distributing crypto in some other sort of way as as bonus or as part of, you know, an equity program, things like that. Um, You know, those are all like really interesting, innovative ways. And there are a bunch of studies done, particularly on younger generations. So the younger sort of like spectrum of millennials, as well as Gen Z, um, they want exposure to these kinds of assets to be able to yeah. earn crypto as opposed to just trade it and play with it at, at like like you would sort of gambling in, in Vegas or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're definitely seeing that as well. Um, you know, it's is adjusting to to what the needs are of the workforce that's coming through. But actually, it's been quite surprising for me just how many businesses do hold some kind of crypto on their balance sheet. It's it's way more common than I probably thought. So I don't know if there are pearl managers listening to this now, but they may or may not be aware that perhaps their business already holds some form of crypto. And if they do, yep. this might be something they want to consider uh, if they're already you know trading in those kind of assets, as you say. I mentioned, um, as I mentioned, I read something on your um, your website and your blog where you're talking about you're now offering op- offering automated tax reporting in crypto. What does that mean? What how does that work? 
Yeah. So, so the tax reporting is, is, it's a couple different levels. So the tax reporting, it's, it's sort of two-sided, right? So the employee needs to understand what their tax liabilities are based of, off of the currencies that they've gotten paid in. We can yeah. handle all of that and we'll also issue all of the sort of standard uh, forms required for that. So in the US, it's 1090, uh, it's W2s and 1099s. Uh, you know, and then there's a whole sort of level of corporate reporting that's also required. So you have some financial reporting uh, just from moving money around. So statements of crypto flows. So, uh, you know, debiting and crediting your stablecoin accounts or your other crypto accounts, uh, as well as being able to tag the transactions that are going out for payroll um, and push those as journal entries into your, your sort of general ledger accounting system. And then, you know, the sort of like corporate tax side of it. So if you have gains and losses associated with the assets on your balance sheet, we'll also help with those kinds of calculations. Okay, that's really handy. So one question I have, and we, I mentioned it earlier with the volatility piece, we know that the markets can change quite a lot more so in the crypto markets, as I understand it, to you know, the more stable markets like the FTSE over here, or whatever it might be. So what, how, do we, how do we navigate that? How, how do we deal with changing markets or do we need to? Yeah, you know, what I was thinking about this when you were talking about how a lot of companies do actually surprisingly have crypto on their balance yeah. sheet. I think about, you know, this sort of latest uh bull run as we call it in crypto yeah. of uh, you know, around right when the pandemic started and the stock markets were going off the charts. I was working at an equities uh trading desk at that time, Drywall, and was working on their data team and you could just see like uh, uh, the sort of like uh, uh, enthusiasm this is the right yeah, word to say. Yeah. And that was a sort of onboarding point for a lot of companies to say, maybe we should have some diversification and exposure to other kinds of assets outside of equities. It used um, to be gold, and, didn't it? You'd come out of the markets and jump into gold and everyone didn't go gold this time. They all went into right. the crypto or seemed to crypto. go into the crypto markets. Yeah, yeah. Digital gold, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Gold, yeah. And certainly like we've seen some some pretty wild uh, uh, situations in the bond markets in the United States and 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 in uh, at least Switzerland uh, that I'm aware of in the in the European market where um, you know banks had these sort of mismatched uh, 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 sort of assets on their balance sheet of having long term loan books uh, that they weren't able to cash out in 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 the event of a bank run like we saw with Silicon Valley Bank at least here in the U S yeah sure so. There's some, you know, it feels to me a little bit, having been operating a company in, in the Web3 industry for the past year, that we're sort of always dodge, dodging bullets, you know. So we saw some pretty spectacular exchange blowups like FTX. We see Bittrex in the United States uh, exiting this market. And then we also see it on the traditional finance side you know, with the banking crisis that seems to be ongoing, you know, the yeah. earnings call First Republic Bank this week down 20%. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I think it's unrealistic to to be running a company in this kind of macro environment and and just have all the trains run on time like perhaps they used to. Um, we are just in a more sort of volatile financial market, uh, and we have to be prepared for that. One of the things that we saw actually when Silicon Valley Bank was was in distress a couple weeks ago, feels like a year ago, but just a couple <laughs> weeks ago, was payroll companies not being able to actually execute payments because their wires were stuck with Silicon Valley Bank. And in that case, you know, it was unfortunately like a a 
message that we tried to to spread a little bit where it's actually a responsible operational activity to have a multi-currency payroll solution. Um, we were able to help companies that were afraid that their staff wouldn't get paid on time to be able to execute payroll in stable coins um, uh, be- just because of a crisis that sort of seemed to manifest yeah. itself almost overnight. Uh, so, you know, it's wild out there. <laughs> it's yeah. a wild time to be running a business, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I can I can, uh, c- I can concur with that. And actually, what you just did there is give another example of, of having options, right? Having multiple yeah. Uh, currency options that if you need to pay someone differently, you've got to, you've got an out. Um, something that was quite interesting because a lot of people we think we're listening to this, and if they're not in this world, they it might all be sort of, I don't know, hard to understand. Right. So when I yeah. when I re- read on your on your site as well that you actually you you uh, integrate with some very very well known common accounting platforms, it brings it all home. It's it's not actually like woo thinking that we're miles away you actually integrate with some really, really big accounting platforms. If companies did want to integrate this, it's not as complex as perhaps it might first seem. No, you know, I think that for a lot of financial operators out there who have worked moving money around in the back office of, of you know, in an accounting office of like a Wall Street firm like I used to, or yeah. or entrepreneurs that are starting up companies that now see, you know, the complexity of moving money around, you know, public blockchains and crypto actually are, a very logical next step in the progression of how money should move. We should be able to move money faster, cheaper, with fewer intermediaries. But the sort of reality is that, like, you know, there's a little bit of a tough user experience, right? There's a little bit of a mental shift you have to make because it's not like you have a bank account. Now you have a wallet yeah. and that wallet can sit in your browser. Uh, and and so I think that it takes time uh, to change sort of norms, you know, of like just generally how people expect to interact with their financial yeah. assets. And then, you know, an even bigger step to think about how operators want to change how they operate their companies. And part of that is also looking for standards. So, you know, as an example, we're going through our SOC 2 audit right now, which is something that is table stakes for a lot of enterprises out there. There weren't any companies that were SOC 2 audited five years ago, and now there are. Yeah. Right. So there's another layer of of sort of um, um, safety that all, you know, across different verticals, right, in cybersecurity and financial controls and financial auditing that are emerging that make it yeah. easier and safer for for companies to be able to participate in this kind of environment. Yeah, I noticed I read that one of the, I think your most recent integration was with I don't know, it was like that was QuickBooks, which is a you know, yes. major, major provider out there. Right? A lot of people will be working with QuickBooks on the accounting side of things. That was quite interesting. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, the word self-custody. Um, yes. I'm not completely familiar what that is. So I thought I'd just come back to you and say, what if you could explain what self-custody is? Maybe it's a US, I'm not sure if it's US-led or if it's not, but why is this recommended in particular for, for crypto? Yeah, sure. So it's, it's uh, you know, there's an old saying uh, uh, from like when Bitcoin first came around, where if it's not your keys, not your crypto, Right. So one of the okay. the things that we we value, at least uh, for Web3 natives, is being able to actually hold your own assets. So in the United States, when you are own a stock, right, really you own a claim to a claim to a claim to a claim yeah. on a stock. Yeah. And all the stock actually sits with this entity called DTCC that nobody's ever heard of. Right. But they're <laughs> like the sort of Federal Reserve of equities moving stocks around on a ledger. Right. So. So with crypto, you have the ability to actually have it yourself uh, and and no one else right, has a claim to that because it's in your wallet. You can verify that it's in your wallet. 
It's um, a bit like having gold again, really, but putting it under your mattress. Yep. Except this time yeah, you've got it exactly. on your yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with crypto, the standard is sort of you you're keeping it under your proverbial mattress, but you're keeping it in your web browser or or yeah. a hardware wallet or something like that. Um, but many people do choose to to custody their crypto on exchanges, which has a lot of you know sort of like pros uh, to it, uh, but also you know some some cons uh, as well, depending on your sort of risk tolerance and and all that good stuff. Okay, so just just so that I'm clear, so something that would be a hosted one would be something like Binance or or that kind of thing would be where they is that is that the same thing, but they're looking after it under their exchange. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I think you could kind of like a, think of exchanges analogous to banks, right? They're the ones custodying your crypto, uh, as opposed to if you are holding it in your own wallet, like MetaMask or Ledger or something like that. I see. I see. So someone who's fully immersed in this uh, world of, well, I would say, you know, next gen, next, the next move within the world of payroll and payments. And I think it's really interesting. You've mentioned a lot about global payments here. And we do know that the cross-currency exchange a, can be expensive, can be time consuming. There's fluctuations in the currency market. So things like blockchain can speed that up. The wallet we can save costs so we can reduce. There's lots of benefits here when we really get under the hood of, of, of you know, what's available to people if they're able to sort of get their heads around the technology. What do you think are going to be the biggest things that are going to influence the the broader acceptance of crypto going forward in, in, in a payroll um, context? Yeah, so I think that uh, certainly like the thing that we look to the most is is demand of workers. You know, so if nobody wants to be getting paid in stable coins or in other cryptocurrencies, like why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah, we do see an increasing demand, as I mentioned, in younger, younger generations and then certainly outside of the Western world. Uh, where companies are actually more sort of digital money first. So places in sub-Saharan Africa where where sort of like uh, uh, digital wallets on their phones are like the main mode of, of sort of like money movement. Or yeah. in East Asia, uh, where payrolls actually direct deposited onto onto like debit cards at each each you know pay period. Um, those are very interesting places where, where you have a population of people that is actually sort of a little bit further ahead of the curve in terms of digital transformation. Um, and so, so we think about it from a jurisdiction perspective, certainly from a generational working perspective, like, you know, what are the sort of trends and, and appetites there? Um, you know, certainly we have to think about the, the emerging, uh, uh, like regulatory sort of like changes that occur in each market where, uh, you know, certainly Europe, I think, is actually like a little bit further ahead of the curve of the United States in terms of like rational uh, regulatory frameworks to help companies operating uh, in this industry or adjacent to this industry figure out how to do it compliantly while also protecting uh, consumers. So keeping an eye on that. But there's also, you know, that on the technology side, there's so much innovation happening so quickly. Uh, there's a lot of really fun things that we can think about doing and that we've been experimenting with at, at Franklin, one of which is something that we call streaming payments. So it's the ability to pay your workers, you know, pretty close to in real time, uh, yeah, which nice. which is intriguing, certainly for like venture backed startups that don't have this sort of like timing of cash flow issue. They may have like a large treasury that they're paying their staff with anyway. It doesn't matter if it happens two weeks from now yeah. or in real time. That's kind of an attractive way to to bring on like top talent. Um, so you know, there's we're trying to find the right balance of of you know cool, innovative tech tech things that we can do, along with what do the people want, what is in vogue right now, and how do we make sure that we do it in a compliant manner. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's exciting, I think, to be using just that vocabulary in the world of payroll is a step forward from where we have been. I think it's great. You know, payroll can be dynamic. It can be technically advanced. It can it can be innovative. And I think some of the services you, you were providing at Franklin absolutely show that. Before we open the vault, um, Megan, I wonder if you could just explain to the listeners a little bit more about what Franklin do, who you are, what a customer uh, may look like if there's someone listening to this that suddenly discovers they've got a big crypto asset on their on their register and, and maybe they, they want to get involved. Yeah, for sure. So Franklin, as you mentioned before, we're hybrid uh, fiat and crypto payroll software. You can sign up online at our website, hellofranklin.co. Uh, you know, we work with a bunch of different kinds of companies. We work with venture-backed startups where we're their first payroll solution that they ever decide to onboard. In that yeah. case, we'll help them set up their back office, setting up their accounting software, all that good stuff. We also work with uh, consulting firms that maybe you're accepting stable coins as a form of payment. Uh, but we also just work with small, medium-sized businesses that are just looking for a more efficient, cheaper, faster payroll solution. Um, so, you know, if you're paying your team, we can help you out. Super. And it's global, not just US, which is really important just to make that distinction as well, for sure. Fantastic. Well, it's been a really uh, really good whistle-stop tour into the world of crypto. I'm hoping, um, I mean, I find it absolutely fascinating. I hope my listeners have done too. And of course, there'll be all the contact details for um, hellofranklin.co uh, will be in the uh, in the show notes along with their Twitter and their LinkedIn page as well. Before we jump into that, though, uh, three questions in the payroll vault. First question is this. One piece of advice you'd give to someone working in payroll right now? So I think that the thing that I felt when I was working as as a staff accountant uh, was a little bit of a sense of of, um, boredom, you know, where a lot of times working in accounting, you're going through the same cycles pretty regularly, monthly close, quarterly, production of financial statements, annual audit, that kind of thing. Um, There's a lot of innovation that the accounting industry generally and payroll industry in particular need. We all see a lot of the inefficiencies that exist and it just takes like a step forward for people who have an idea to try and make it better. So I think like don't settle into your sort of normal, regular habits. Think about how to make it better. And that's how we move forward together as a society. Uh, And that's what I'm really excited about. You know, take the chance, do something innovative, try and fix a problem out there. Don't just, you know, accept uh, accept the, the, the norms that you're used to. What great advice. Well, it sounds to me that's something you did yourself. Anyway, I think you mentioned you on equities desk at the start of the pandemic. And here we are now revolutionizing yeah. <laughs> the world of payroll and crypto payments. So uh, yeah, anything can happen. And actually, it's, it's great advice. It really is because a lot of payroll professionals streamline their operations to so well, so efficiently, actually, that payroll can run really seamlessly if they want it yep. to. But that doesn't mean that's where the job can stop. That is their, that's where they can get their head around the blockchain, at their head around crypto payments, you know, really look to develop what else is out there? Because you could then be the, the first mover in your operation to really bring in this kind of technology on board if it works for your organization. So I think it's great advice. Um, number two, if you had the power of foresight and could change the entire payroll industry with one action or one improvement, what would that action or improvement be? Instant settlement time. Uh, you know, I think that there's so many large intermediaries or you know, payroll companies in general make so much money. Uh, off the the sort of backs of small, medium-sized businesses by holding cash uh, for longer than they need to. And instant settlement in cash and equities and other kinds of assets, yeah. that is like the thing that I would change about our financial system generally. Nice. Excellent. And last but not, long, uh, but not least, if Peril was a song or a movie, what song or movie would it, movie would it be and why? 
I have been waiting to be asked <laughs> this question for so long. Everyone's waiting for this one. I know, isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> okay. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Accountant? I have seen the movie. That's Ben Affleck, isn't it? Ben Affleck? Yes. Yes, Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick. Uh, I think it would be that movie <laughs> where you have this uh, sort of like big whiteboard full of like, you know, numbers and, and sort of calculations trying to figure out what's going where and why. Uh, I think that that sums up payroll pretty well. Amazing. Amazing. And we've thrown the uh, the ball up in the air, then you've cracked it out of the park. Fantastic. Listen, Megan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Pearl Podcast today. Of course, for those that want to find out more, you can go to hellofranklin.co. That link will be in the show notes. Uh, the Twitter link is twitter.com forward slash Franklin Payroll, or there you can find them on LinkedIn as well. Look for Franklin hyphen payroll to find their company page. Um, I will also put uh, Megan's uh, LinkedIn profile in there as well if you want to connect directly to find out more. Of course, if you are a payroll leader as well, listening to this podcast, you need to support with a payroll related vacancy. We're not just in the UK. We do support clients in the US and into Europe. So please do get in touch with either myself or any of my wonderful team. Our link will also be in the show notes, which is JGA Recruitment. Dot com. Just easy me to say one more final thank you to Megan for joining me today on the Payroll Podcast. Talk about how you can pay your employees and not just cash, but also crypto. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. That's all for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and gained valuable insights and inspiration to advance your payroll career or your payroll operation. If you haven't already, please, please do subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to leave us a little review on your preferred podcast platform. It's your feedback that really helps me to improve the show and, of course, attract new listeners so we can continue to raise the profile of the payroll industry for all. Finally, if you know anyone who could benefit from this payroll podcast, please do share it with them. Let's spread the word and build a vibrant community of payroll professionals worldwide. Thank you, of course, for listening. My name is Nick Day. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon.